Welcome to Core Parenting Conversations with Kaylee. My name is Kaylee Kukla, and I've spent the last decade supporting children and families with challenging behaviors. As a mom of two, I appreciate how overwhelming and exhausting parenthood can often be. So I'm taking all of my book knowledge and combining it with real life experiences to change the dialogue around parenting. We'll have powerful conversations that always include practical tips so you can walk away feeling inspired and empowered to make simple yet impactful changes in your family's life. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of Core Parenting Conversations. I have a very special guest with you today. She is not only a colleague in this parenting space, but also a dear, dear friend, Katie Wells. She's a decluttering expert. She has led thousands of people through her decluttering challenge, helping people just feel more at peace in their home by getting rid of stuff they don't need. She and I recently did a summer verse structure workshop. And so I wanted to bring her on the show and just talk you through some of the main points. So welcome, Katie. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to be here, Kaylee. Yay. <laughs> so we've done, what, is this like our fifth podcast together? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've been on your show. enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll find any excuse to come together and set a, a phone call appointment. And if we just record it and then y'all get to hear it and benefit from it and hang out with us, it's just so much fun. And every time we get together, our audience, but I hear from your audience and my audience, they say, oh my gosh, this was so valuable. I love you guys together, bringing both of, you know, the parenting aspect, the declutter aspect and really marrying those so beautifully. So it's, yeah, Aww. it's not just, it, I mean, it is selfish reasons. We love hanging yes. out, but it's yes. also to help all the listeners too. <laughs> I was going to say, I always walk away feeling like, wow, that was a really helpful conversation. And we both share parts of our journey with, we have two boys very similar ages, both struggled with postpartum anxiety. And we now use our stories to help other people. And we've built ourselves a platform to just help out other moms. So how beautiful for our communities to get to come together. So thank you. Thank you. This core parenting conversation is made possible through Chatbooks. Chatbooks is a photo book company that makes high quality books at very affordable prices. They have a super easy to use app that allows you to download pictures directly from your phone without any glitches. Y'all, I used a different photo book app for years and it took forever and there were so many glitches regardless of if I use my phone or my computer and I'm so glad to be done with that. If you do have any issues, like one time I couldn't figure out how to switch the cover I selected, their customer service is so helpful, kind and fast. She fixed it immediately, I didn't have to do anything. If you follow me on social, you know how passionate I am about connection and how much I teach about using pictures or visual supports with children. I use chatbooks to make these family books several times a year for my children. And these are books that my kids go back to again and again and again and again. If you want to try out chatbooks and support me in this podcast, use the code K 
Kaylee, C-A-L-E-Y, and you'll receive 20% off your first purchase. Their month book program is a great way to document your summer. So check it out. And again, you can use Kaylee, C-A-L-E-Y, as a code to get 20% off with your first purchase. Now let's dive back into this core parenting conversation. All right, so we did the summer versus structure program, which we're going to post in the link, like the bio, the show notes where people can go if they want to watch the whole workshop that is available to them. But I wanted to bring you on so we could talk about some of the highlights from it and really start with your niche, what you shared with me, and we've both implemented each other's practices, and they've been game changers for both of our households. So I guess first things first is how do you decide what's important, whether it be stuff, whether it be routines, going through your day? Because when we're structuring summer, we've really got to prioritize because there's not, a, there's not as much structure in summer. So how do we get that clarity on what can go, what we declutter, and what stays? That's such a good question. So interestingly enough, you know, you mentioned the postpartum anxiety. And after experiencing that for many years, I remember just waking up one morning, Keely, every day at this time, you know, survival mode when you're a new mom, you know, running a business, two kids under two. I really wish I had more mental health support. But looking back, I remember waking up one day and going, how did I get here? You know, I had a lot to be grateful for. I had two healthy kids. I had a loving, supportive husband, but I felt so unhappy every single day. And I didn't look forward to waking up because it was just like great rinse and repeat, depression, anxiety. And coming downstairs into my home, it was a, it looked like a tornado ripped through, right? Disaster stuff everywhere. So I just felt this burden and heaviness from stuff and clutter and piles of junk and baby gear and toys and all the things. And on that day, I was like, you know, how did I end up here? How did I end up so unhappy? And a big reason, hindsight 2020, is because I was making choices every single day that weren't aligned with my core values. And when you think about core values, they're essentially an ethical GPS that help you navigate through life. They impact your decisions and your choices each day from what time you wake up to what brands you buy to what you feed your kids and yourself. I mean, literally everything. And I realized that over the years, whether it was from colleagues or people I worked with or friends or people I followed on social media, their core values I was starting to adopt their core values and drop mine. And it was kind of like this subconscious slow thing. And so like, let's take like influencers, for example, right? Like, (laughs) cause this is so common, right? Maybe you like me love clothes. And if you follow people who are constantly buying clothes and wanting the next best thing, chances are you might start to adopt that core value, right? Wanting to keep up with the Joneses or whatever you want to call it. And that was me totally. (laughs) And so in that moment, I go, okay, this is how I ended up here. I wasn't following my core values. So let's just start from scratch. (laughs) And so I had a kind of a melding of the minds meeting with my husband. And I was like, listen, (laughs) I need some more support. Things need to change. I know it's not going to be I'm looking at the long-term game here. I was like, it's going to take time. But I think our family core values, like let's talk about what's important to you and to me and together as a family. 
And that was a really beautiful life-changing meeting. And about once a year, ever since then, we just come back together and just make sure that we're literally navigating through life to where we want to go. Cause I don't want to end up somewhere. I don't want to be like I did, right? It's painful. It's, it's hard sitting down even on your own and like just Google core values and you will find some write out your top five that feel really aligned to you. And then doing that as a family with your partner, you can do this with your kids too. If they're older, it's, they're going to have, be able to understand the concept a little more, but even young kids, you know, it's like a priority. What's important to us. And as far as the summer goes, like what's important to us in this season, right? Just because you have these core values you might have different priorities in the summertime. Maybe that's connection. Play is a big one that I'm starting to shift to because I'm such a doer and a worker. (laughs) And so I have to shift my priority because I want to spend time with my kids this summer. I don't just want to work all day. And that's going to impact the decision that I make each day. And I think starting there is a really powerful tool because sometimes when we're talking about things like I really want my kids to pick up their room or put the Legos away and it's always a battle or declutter their stuff or whatever it is we want our kids to do to keep a tidier home. The kids often don't understand the what, and this is kids and adults alike. So kids don't understand the what, which is decluttering, picking up, putting Legos away if they don't understand the why. And so in our house, I'm constantly bringing in these different core values. So a big one we have is teamwork. Like we work together. And I've said this for years to my kids, like the other morning, even River's like, Oh my gosh, I have to clear my plate again. I do this every single day. And I'm like, that's how he talks. And he's seven. (laughs) Like, Oh, and he even sighed and did the eye roll Kaylee. And I'm like, telling myself, don't be triggered. And it doesn't really bother me. In fact, I kind of laughed because I was like, I remember being a kid. I remember not wanting to clear the dishes. I totally Totally. get it. It's just (laughs) in my head when my kids do that, I'm like, I don't want to fix breakfast. Oh yeah, exactly. (laughs) I have to like bite my tongue. Yeah. I don't want to feed you three meals a day or 80 times a day. And so so my go-to response always, and they probably get sick of it is in our, I get it. I say, I understand, you know, I, I meet them where they are. I get it. I don't like clearing my dishes all the time either. And in our house, we do things as a team and we do things together And that's been really helpful. And so that can help kind of combat that battle time over toy pickup and just little things, whatever it is. So incorporating those family core values into statements, whether you notice something they're doing right, or you want a little, you need a little extra support. It's been a game changer. Wow. I love that because I talk a lot about core values in our group. And when I do the limit setting workbook and workshop with people in the group, I'm always like, hey, we do a core value workshop. That's like the first step in limit setting. How can you set limits with your kids if you don't know what the foundation, like the why behind it? You know, that's where the because I said so comes in and the power struggles. And that's just annoying. Like, no, you know, you bring your plate to the sink it's helpful that it's easier for me to wash. I get things done faster so that we can move on and do things we really want to do. We have more family time in our family. I love that you said play because we call it adventure. Mm, yes. And so, you know, we just got back from a big trip full of literally adventure. an adventure. <laughs> it was a huge adventure on so it was so many different types of adventure, but we love that. And in fact, my husband who's in marketing, when we found out I was pregnant with our second child. He made up the hashtag Kukla's for 
adventure. Oh, he did. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So that's just, I mean, but when we come back to that and the way I explain core values is that's you use a GPS. And I love that because it helps us navigate our choices, our actions, our stuff, all these things. I call it that filter. And so often there's all this clutter, whether it's physical clutter or information clutter or opinion, opinion clutter from all the people all the time. You can so easily just filter it out. I think of like a sieve, you know, we go to the beach and or a sieve, however you say it, and the kids, you know, will use it to find shells or shark's teeth and all the sand just comes through. All that extraneous clutter comes through and you're left with the good stuff, the stuff that matters to you. That's right. Yeah. So that's such a beautiful foundation. And so then those core values really allow us to figure out what's important. What am I willing to take on with my kids, present to my children, guide my children through, really spend that time, energy, effort. And then what about the expectations? Because I think then sometimes, and this is something I talk a lot about, but in terms of clutter and mess and cleaning up and participating in that process, how do we manage the expectation piece with them? Like, what do you do in your house with your boys? Because I know like you've given me some game-changing stuff for just... Because my kids hate cleaning up. Like they just... All they want to do is play. They love play. And I'm like, I love that about them. And I'm like, sometimes we got to pick things up or else we're going to get hurt. They're going to get lost. Which is a boundary you've set, right? Safety, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Mommy doesn't want to step on another Lego today. I already have two bruises. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) My bottoms of my feet. Yep. Yep. So what does that look like in your house with that expectation management and getting them involved in it? One thing I discovered a long time ago was that battle, that power struggle over cleanup. I think think we've all felt that. We almost feel this anxiety going into cleanup time because we expect a battle. We expect them to say no. And so I realized my kids were sensing that, sensing my anxiety and my stress before the words even came out of my mouth. And so I just have done an expectation check. Okay. Not only for them, like, hello, they're kids. I remember just like we talked about, I remember not wanting to pick up their five and seven, but also the expectation piece for me, is it, should I expect them to tell them one time, you know, here's where your Legos go. And then they never need support from me again. Should I expect them to never resist me again? Right. Never, or just walk away and say, listen, I'm not doing it. No. And so once I was able to realistically look at expectations and go, you know what, just because so-and-so who I've seen on Instagram, her kids always appear to pick up willingly with a smile on and like, love it. (laughs) That's part of the picture friends, right? (laughs) It's not always going to be perfect or what we think other families look like. I'm telling you what, Stop comparing your behind the scenes to everyone's highlight reel, literally. Because my kids still have moments where they're like, listen, I'm not into this. I want to keep playing. Or they're just like, River the other day is like, I just really don't want to. And then walked away. And so I said, okay, I'm going to help you. And because the expectation is flexible, right? He was having a really tough day. He just graduated from kindergarten. He's not sure if he's going to see his friends next year. So it took me also being in tune with where he was in that moment and in that time frame to go, okay, I'm going to like let the water roll off my back, let it roll off my back, whatever that saying is. And just, okay, I understand. I get it. And so that's been a big piece too. So it's almost before that trigger happens, whereas before I would get, you know, 
annoyed and yell and raise my voice and yeah, da, 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 right. So I think it just takes a lot more patience, <laughs> time, breathing, and just like <laughs> that extra split second before breathing. I used to, right. So it's been a lot of retraining on my part too. So expectations for them and for me. And that has been huge. It's been huge because I don't want to walk around getting anxiety over having this pickup battle with my kids. Like it's not fun for anyone. And so once I was able to kind of release that, it's been beautiful, (laughs) truly. I just love it because releasing expectations or release, what I call that is we're not letting go. Let me be really clear is we're not not holding our children to expectations. We're practicing acceptance where they are in that moment so we can meet them there in that moment and provide them with the support they need in that moment. So that's very different than just being like, oh, you don't want to clean up? Okay, I'll do it for you, sweetheart. It's like, wow, this is really not a good time. He's having like an emotional meltdown right now. I just need to let it go, circle back to it, figure out what's really important in this moment. If the mess is really triggering me or if, for example, in our house, it's a legitimate concern sometimes because our dog, like our dog eats Legos. It's really annoying. It's That's really why I know he's he's just likes crunching them. I think it's the crunch. <laughs> anyway, I digress. But you know, going in and saying, "Well, I'm going to at least pick these up just so I know Finn, our dog's name is Finn. Finn is safe." And then, you know, we'll figure out a plan otherwise. And I know one of the things we talk a lot about in our workshop and we weren't really going to get into it, but I just really want parents to know about front-loading because we talked about expectations and front-loading is really talking through the expectations and troubleshooting and the sticky points before the heat of the moment. So this is something that I gave you, but I want you to, so I just like defined it kind of, but I want you to give a real life example, how you've implemented it in these cleanup moments to provide some structure to the situation. Oh yeah. These have been amazing. So front loading, especially with toy pickup or any type of pickup has been great. So I started doing front loading and just saying certain things like in about 10 minutes, it's going to be time to pick up. Right. And I think we all, a lot of parents do that anyway. And then it's like waiting for the ticking time bomb still. And then uh, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. But even doing it before that, right? So even before like 10 minutes and then it's time to pick up and then the, you know, the timer goes off and then they're still like, look at you, like you have three heads. Like, what do you mean? Like, no, it's not time to pick up. 10 minutes looks different in my head than it actually does in real life. (laughs) Tracing back a little bit further before that gets close to that 10 minutes and just going through the day. So you taught me to do, you know, a common time to front load is the morning breakfast time because we typically eat breakfast together. I drink my coffee and they have their, you know, we have the, here's what's going to happen today. We're going to do this. We're going to come home. So after we come home, we're going to pick up or whatever that looks like. And so I think as you taught me, that gives them a, an opportunity to say, Hey, wait, I thought we were going to do this before we pick up or do this after because they have different expectations and assumptions of what the day or upcoming few hours is going to look like. And it's been amazing how often where I think we've done this a hundred times, right? This is a normal routine, yet they still go, oh, mom, but wait, hold on. (laughs) And you're like, huh, seriously? Like, So that's the opportunity to have that conversation. It gives them some 
what did you say? Autonomy or, you know, autonomy gives them a voice yeah. agency. I love that word. And it totally wipes that future battle. Like it's not going to exist. Chances are we'll go way down, <laughs> right? Because we've talked yeah. about like the order of things and what the day will look like. So I cannot believe how positive those have impacted our days. Truly every single day. Remember, you can go check out Chatbooks. You can download their app. It's free. It's a super simple, affordable way to create some concrete connection pieces via picture books this summer. You can document your adventures or your child's milestones or just family connection, community, and unity. Use the code Kaylee, C-A-L-E-Y, to get 20% off your first purchase and support the production of this podcast. Thanks so much. You know, it came out of, I really started practicing this, not even knowing what I was doing with my seven-year-old when he just really started needing more agency. So for people who don't know what agency is, that is having the power to influence your environment and to make effective change happen. Okay. So that, and that's a piece of autonomy. Autonomy is just being your own person, having that independence, you know, knowing who you are and having clear edges, clear boundaries. So it really came from that. And the morning meeting piece came from teaching. Circle time, That they call it morning meeting. There are morning meeting curriculums that early childhood teachers use. And it's just a little roundup and they go through the day. And if there's any special events, like if their kids are having a pizza party or if they have an upcoming field trip or if there's testing going on, like the teachers address it to prime the brain. And so then we couple that with giving our children an opportunity to voice their concerns. And I laugh when you shared that, you know, about when the kids are like, hey, wait a minute, mom, what about this? Because my four-year-old, that child, he thrives on having a plan. The minute he gets in the car, what are we doing? Even when we talk about it before, he needs to know. So he'll tell me, I'll forget, you know, they'll say, hey, mommy, can we go swimming tomorrow after school? And I'll say, oh yeah, sure. And then our morning meeting the next day, I'm like, hey, I was thinking we could go to the park. And he'll go, no, you said we were going to go swimming. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I I did say, I forgot. Whoops. You know, but can you imagine like in the heat of the moment, he may have like freaked out and I would have no idea in the heat of the moment because at that point he's so upset. He can't verbalize that. But in a really calm, connected dialogue where there's still a lot of flexibility, we can talk through those things and it drastically decreases the frustration due to a misalignment of expectations. And I think a key word you said there too, Kaylee, is flexibility, right? Because it's like, I think a lot of us were raised with very limited flexibility. It was rigid. And it's funny you said, you know, because I said so. My parents told me that all the time and right, it's (laughs) so annoying. And then you just don't even listen to what they're saying, right? But had we had a short family meeting or had we talked about family core values or had my parents front loaded (laughs) and I was a compliant kid only because you know, it was physical violence, spanking, that'll put a kid in line pretty quick. (laughs) Some kids, it does not work for all children. Right. And I was having this conversation with my husband the other day. Yeah. And so looking back, I'm like, it would have been nice if I had a little more agency and autonomy and some of these strategies that you and I use with our kids and that we're talking about today. I think it's a really powerful thing. And I think it will continue to serve them throughout their life. And just these life skills, like being able to pick up after yourself, being able to decide here's where this belongs or declutter as they get older. 
these skills truly build confidence in a lot of different ways. Maybe that's cooking or different things like that, organization. And I think it's a really cool thing. So it's much we're talking about on a small scale, but I think when you're looking at your child's lifetime, I mean, huge. Totally. And what you said about, you know, we're giving them lifelong skills and we're scaffolding, right? We're supporting them. One of the things we're doing when we talk about core values and decluttering all these things, we're prioritizing. And prioritizing is a higher level skill that children don't independently have at young ages. It's just starting to come online and it's one of those executive functions. So when we are in constant dialogue and collaboration with them about what is really important, okay, that's really important to you. This is really important to me. How can we find that and space instead of either or and because I said so? We're modeling and walking them through that life skill of prioritizing. And how often, you know, even in the midst of adulthood and now me and with all these skills, like I have difficulty prioritizing things sometimes. It's hard. And you know, it's the first thing to go. It's one of the first things to go out the window under stress, which who is like not under stress ever. (laughs) Right. Right. You know, it's like, oh, you read the news, something's happening. You know, it's just like, oh my gosh. And so it's one of the first things, right? Survival mode. Your brain's like, forget prioritizing. And when you're going to the store, we gotta, we gotta like, cut some of this out, cut some of the clutter out. (laughs) There it is. There it is. Okay. So last thing I want you to present to my listeners is something that is so simple. It really is. I'm like, why did I never do this before? And it's game changing. And that is these daily resets. So explain to us what that is and how you use them because they really have just really helped me during traditionally anxiety provoking times or stressful times in the house. They've really been a game changer for me. I'm so happy to hear that, Kaylee Kukla. Well, daily resets in a nutshell, right? There's mess that happens from following our family values, right? Play, connection. I mean, that is mess. And so as someone, I'm someone who has a very low uh, clutter and mess tolerance. I tend to, right, things start to sneak out of where they belong. Piles start to accumulate and I start to feel literally the stress, like my heart, like my chest gets tight and things like that. Typically in the past years ago, I would let that mess build throughout the day as we did different activities. We didn't really clean up after ourselves. We bounced in and out of the house. And next thing I know, it's just it's a disaster. I'm overwhelmed. I'm so stressed out. I'm in high emotion, high reactive state, yelling, nagging. I'm resentful. And my night is ruined. No more Netflix. I am an hour to two hours cleaning up from the day, which made me not want to... Rage cleaning at that point. (laughs) Rage cleaning, which made me not want to do those connection things, right? I didn't want to play games with my kids because it meant cleanup and all these things. It was just really impacting my day. And so after I started decluttering, I was like, you know, what if I just did these little resets throughout the day where I reset different clutter or mess hotspots throughout the house we spend a lot of time in about two to three times a day when we are home with the kids. And so a common space would be like a kitchen, right? We do these anyway. Maybe just haven't had, didn't have a name for it. But basically, you set the room back to baseline tidiness, whatever that looks like for you. In general, a rule in my house is anything, everything needs to be put away that doesn't belong there permanently. And so that's our go-to rule. So if I see something left on the floor after our daily reset, I'll just go, oh, hey, does that Lego belong there? <laughs> looks like we missed one. And the kids will go, nope, you know, I know where that belongs and, and put it away. But the beauty is it just prevents that overwhelm. It prevents even having to get to that emotional reactive state, which is stressful, right? We don't like to be in it and our kids don't like to see us in it. 
And then it just makes everything so much more manageable. And I think it's really cool. And instead of taking 30 minutes or an hour at the end of your day, it takes literally seconds or minutes. And because it's so short, our kids are more likely to hop on board to participate (laughs) as long usually, you know, sometimes that still means I support them and do it with them. And it's been a game changer. So we use it for the toy space, which in my house, you've been here, Kaylee, is is the living room. And now they have toys in their bedroom. So their bedrooms that they spend time in there and it's just, you know, put on some fun music. Sometimes I don't even have to do that, but it'll just, it's so simple (laughs) and it's a beautiful thing. So start, if you have listeners listening, who've never done official daily resets with their kids, I would just choose one space. Maybe it's a play space once a day. And maybe that's before lunch, after the morning play, or just one, just pick one time a day and just try and make a habit of it with your kiddos. It's been really awesome. I want to share a couple things based on what you said, because when we let, when it gets so big, right? When you were saying like at the end of the day, it's gone on all day and now you're upset and you're rage clean and like all that we've all been there at some point, I would think. One of the things is the decluttering process is super important because a part of this is it's so hard for our brain to get started when we feel overwhelmed and we very easily feel overwhelmed looking like staring at the other end of this huge monster task, which is where we start procrastinating, right? So we don't do it. It it creates a vicious cycle. So decluttering, like just having less stuff is important. You don't have to mess with it. And then the other piece of this is when we do it key times throughout the day, it's like chunking. It's little chunks, which is um, an executive function support that adults use when writing schedules or working or whatever. So the other piece that I'll share is I like to do this in already pretty transitional times. One of the things that I do, like we do it usually depending on how the evening goes, it's usually before or after tub time just kind of depends because our playroom is like literally in the path from like our bedroom to my kid's bedroom. So that's like, and they bathe in our bathroom. And then the other time I do it for me is before I start cooking dinner because I can't stand, and this is just me. So everybody's different. I can't stand mess on top of mess. So if there are still lunch dishes in the sink, because sometimes that happens, my husband and I both work from home. You know how it is. You throw dishes in there the kids' lunch boxes come in. So now I like I have to clear that out before I start making dinner. And it helps me. I just I started doing these daily resets after I saw them and I was like, wow, just resetting the kitchen back to that baseline before starting to cook dinner just helps me stay grounded throughout that whole process. And that's witching hour. We all know that's witching hour. So it helps me be more regulated when it starts getting real up in here, you know? <laughs> So yeah, right. You're going into a time with high stress, you know, like the kids are tired. They had a long day at school. You had a long day at the pool and it feels good, right? It's like that sense of control and clarity, right? Because our brain has less to sift through when the counters are clear. Okay. And then it goes into step one. All right, get the vegetables out, start cutting them. And it just simplifies the process and streamlines everything. And then from like the stress, anxiety, regulation pieces, I mean, it's so impactful. Totally. 
All right. Well, y'all, if this was helpful to you, we, these were, I think we covered like three of the six points that we cover in our workshop. We gave you a bonus because I really wanted to talk about front loading a little bit, but we talk about how to incorporate these daily resets into your schedule, how to structure the schedule for your kids so it gives them enough structure where they have these expectations. You can front load with them, but not so much that you're not having summer fun and kind of that spontaneity that's so magical about summer. So we want you to have a fun, connected summer that is sustainable for the whole two months. And so that's why Katie and I put together this workshop for you. So you can find that link to learn more about us in the show notes. So if you're like, well, I need to get started decluttering. I'm going to tell you right now, just how many episodes do you have, Katie, of your podcast? 154. Okay. So you have 154 and I'm on like four of those. So you can look for me. Um, But she has really incredible, just basic decluttering. And you can even go by like, I want to do my clothes or I want to do my kitchen. Like you have episodes with really practical steps or your clutter declutter challenge. When do you have one coming up or? June 13th. Yep. We're doing one this summer, June 13th, 14 days. I just asked for 15, 20 minutes a day. I give you your task of the day. We chunk it down. We make an overwhelming task, (laughs) very doable, super practical. I'm all about practicality and sustainable tips, right? That'll serve you well past the 14 days is up. And my students have so many transformations in their home and truly like in their mind and heart as well. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. I love seeing your before and afters that you share on social. It's really just incredible. So this will drop a week before that. So we will link that in the show notes as well. So people know where to find you. Great. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here, Katie. It's such a joy to have you. And thank you listeners for being here. We will see you next week for another core conversation. Thanks so much for joining us for this core parenting conversation. To learn more about Katie Wells' Decluttering Challenge or our joint deep dive into this summer verse structure information, you can head to the show notes for resources and links. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please consider leaving a review. This helps this podcast get seen so we can be the change we wish to see in the world. Thank you so much for your consideration. I really do appreciate it. I'm so passionate about getting these messages out there to the masses. Thanks so much. And I'll meet you right back here next week for another core parenting conversation. Mm -hmm.